Hello. You know what? <laughs> 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 no <damn>. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, Johnny sat down for dinner at night, uh, at, and he was having a really bad day. Johnny was in a bad mood. He'd already been spanked twice. He'd been sent to his room for a half hour for a timeout. And as everyone was seated at the table, little Johnny's father looked at him and said, Johnny, I'd like for you to offer the blessing. And little Johnny said, I'm not doing it. And his dad looked back over him and he said, little Johnny, I said, I'd like for you to give the blessing. And little Johnny just shook his head. I'm not doing it. And finally, his dad just looked at him with a very sternness in his eyes. And little Johnny said, all right, all right, fine, fine, I'll pray. And so the family bowed their heads. And little Johnny thought for a moment, and he began to pray. He said, Lord, I want to thank you for preparing a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Amen. <laughs> well, that's what we're going to talk about today. We want to talk about parents and children as we look at commandment number five, honor your father and your mother. Now, for the last four weeks, we've been hitting uh, these, the Ten Commandments, the first four of the Ten Commandments, and we saw with the first commandment that God wants us in commandment number one to uh, tell us, he tells us to love him supremely. In commandment number two, the second week, we saw where God tells us to admit no rivals to him into our lives. And we looked at commandment number three, which tells us to do nothing that would tarnish God's name or that would tarnish God's reputation in the eyes of other people. And then we saw last week where God asks us in commandment number four to set aside one day a week, a deliberate day of every week, uh, to spend time focusing on him, focusing on eternal things as well as resting our physical bodies. And so we said way back in week one, I don't know if you remember this or not, but the first four of these commandments form what are what scholars call the vertical commandments. That is, commandments that deal with our relationship directly to God, how we relate to him. That's the first four commandments. But the, the next six commandments, the second half, deal with what we would call the horizontal commandments, which is how we uh, interact with and how we deal with our fellow man. Um, and so God starts off here in commandment number five by talking to us about the very first fellow man, if you would, that we ever meet, that is our mother and our father. So let's uh, stand as is our custom and read Exodus chapter 20, this commandment, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. I was reminded this past week on two different occasions, I'll tell you about one of them just briefly, our worship pastor was texting with me because there was a guy who was a theological liberal and he was trying to, you know, share some thoughts with him about, you know, Orthodox Christianity and what the Bible actually has to say. This fellow did not believe in the, in the resurrection. He didn't believe in, in, uh, in the virgin birth. He didn't, basically, it dawned on me, he's not a believer. He doesn't believe in these essential parts of the gospel. He doesn't believe in these essential teachings of the scripture. He doesn't believe he's not a believer. He's not a Christian. He is a Christian by culture only. He has not accepted the very basic essential tenets that are taught in this book. And so we stand up each week to remind ourselves that indeed this is where truth comes from and to affirm those essential truths that are found here in God's Word. So let's read one of them together here. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12 says, let's read together, Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Well, for, in order for us to understand what exactly this verse is talking about, what it means to honor your father and mother, 
um, I want to ask and answer three questions. The first of those questions, to understand what it means to honor your father and mother, is essentially that question. <clears throat> that was a little strange the way I worded that. But in any case, we're going to take the first question is, what does it mean to honor your father and your mother? The word translated to honor here uh, actually means to consider someone heavy with respect. That is to regard them weighty with dignity, to have heavy esteem for them. To honor our parents means that we have respect for our parents. We show them respect to revere them, not so much as a function of what they do uh, or how they act or how they behave, but rather as a function of simply who they are, that they are our parents, the position that they occupy. And because they are our parents, we are to honor them. Not because they're good parents, they're bad parents, they act in a certain way, don't act other ways. It's because they're our parents that we honor them. That's the idea here. Now, practically speaking, what does this mean? What does this look like in our average everyday life? Well, it depends, and it depends if we're talking about young children and teenagers or somebody who's out of the house who's an adult. Um, if we're talking about young children and teenagers, to honor our parents means two things. And we got our kidmo age kids in here today. Mom and dad, wake them up. Tell them to listen. Here's your, here's your part of the sermon right here, okay? To honor your father and mother when you're a child, when you're a teenager, means that, number one, you obey your parents' instructions. You want to make them write that down? You're welcome to do that. Obey, amen, right? Obey your parents' instructions and submit to their authority. Submit to their authority. That's what it means for a young child, for a teenager, to honor their parents is to obey their instructions, to submit to their authority. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, honor your father and your mother. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 20, Children, obey your parents in all things. Friends, God is a God of authority. He believes in authority. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 33, and if you haven't been listening to the news cycle this past week, then you didn't think that was funny. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 33, that God is not the author of confusion. Somebody's going to text that out a little bit later and explain to everybody what that was. And the chapter goes on to say that God is a God who wants uh, order and wants uh, things to be run in a decent way. Jesus himself said that he was submitted to the, to the authority of the Father. He said in John chapter 6 and verse 38, he said, I came down not to do my own will, but to, the, but to do the will of him who sent me. Jesus was submitted to the will of the Father, the first person in the Trinity. Jesus said in John chapter 12 and verse 49, he said, For I do not speak on my own accord, but the Father who sent me commands me what to say. And then after that, God the Holy Spirit shows that God the Holy Spirit was submitted both to the will of the Father and to Jesus' will. Jesus said, John chapter 16 and verse 33, he says, The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, um, said, Will receive from me and will make known what I tell him to, to. That's what he will tell you. God also establishes um, authority in heavenly places. Daniel chapter 10 lets us know when we read through Daniel chapter 10 that there is an order, a ranking amongst the angels in heaven, that there are archangels in heaven, uh, people like Gabriel, who are in charge of other angels. So there's a, a pecking order, if you would, even amongst the angels in heaven. And then here on earth, God also establishes authority. He establishes the authority of civil government. God establishes the authority in the workplace, in our schools. We have authority in our churches, in the military. But friends, the first and foremost place where God has placed authority and we were, where we experience it first is in the family. 
And that authority comes from mom and dad. So as followers of Christ, it is very important that we understand that God loves submission to authority and that God rewards it when we submit to authority. And therefore, if we want God's richest blessing in our life, we have to learn to submit to authority. I had one of my students in class this past week sent me an email, didn't like the grade that she'd gotten. So I emailed her back, and I'm like, okay, I mean, that's fine. Somebody wants to interact with me like that, but she was blunt. She was rude. It was all this other stuff. And I just emailed her back very calmly, and I just said, hey, look, this is what's going on with your grade. This is why you got the grade you got. But in addition to that, I have been placed in a role of authority over you, and the way that you have interacted with me, with me was very blunt. I said, part of the reason, part of what we're trying to train y'all to do is not just to put knowledge in your head so that you can go out into the workplace and be productive and be effective in ministry, but also to teach you maturity, to show you. So we, I want you to learn here in this, in this, uh, in this, in this place, in this environment, um, a training ground for where you're going to learn to submit to authority and how you interact with people in an appropriate way. And so I shared that with her. And the commandment number five, and so her email back was, sir. And then all that stuff. But anyway, I thought that's kind of funny. <clears throat> commandment number five tells us that God has placed authority in our mothers and fathers, that early in life God wants for us to learn to submit to authority by teaching us to submit to our parents' authority in particular. That's like the training ground, if you would, for us to learn to submit to authority. And the truth is, friends, that the family is the best environment for us to learn to submit to authority. You say, well, why is that? Well, because no one is going to be as patient with you as your mom and dad have been with you. No one is going to be as forgiving towards you as your parents have been towards you. And no one will give you more chances and bear with you more than your parents have. And if you're a young person and you're here today and you say, you know what, my mom and dad, they're just too strict. They're just, they're just unbearable. I mean, they're just all the time telling me stuff and all this kind of stuff. Friends, I got news for you. Your mom and dad are a piece of cake in compared to what's coming down the pipe for you in adulthood, Right? All the adults, yeah, that's right, all the adults said amen. You say, okay, Gordon, I get what you're saying, that young children, for them to honor their parents, that means two things. They're supposed to obey their parents' instructions, and they're supposed to submit to the parents' authority. I get that. Okay, that's right. Well, i got a couple questions, raises a couple issues. Well, let's hear them. Issue number one, here's your question, is what if my parents are not Christians? What if my parents are not followers of Jesus Christ? Do I still have to submit to their authority? Do I still have to obey their instructions? Well, friends, when it comes to, when you read Exodus chapter 20, commandment number 5, when you read Ephesians chapter 6 and Colossians chapter 3, those verses I shared with you a few moments ago that instruct children to obey their parents, we don't see anywhere in any of those verses where God puts the qualifier on honoring your parents as to whether or not your parents are a follower of Christ. God simply says, children, obey your parents. Puts no qualifier on it. This is an obligation. It is a duty that every child has to their parents, whether their parents is a follower of Christ or not. You say, okay, well, I got a second issue. Question number two is, what if I have lousy parents? I mean, what about that? What if my mom and dad, you know, they don't... what if my mom and dad are awful? I mean, well, it's true. You know, some bosses are better than other bosses. Some parents are better than other parents. Some teachers are better than other teachers. Some coaches are better than other coaches. 
But what the Bible tells us is that we are to submit to all authority. Let me give you a for instance. Um, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 18, Peter writing to the Christians here, he says, servants, speaking to people who are indentured servants, people who've come into somebody's household, they live there for seven years, 15 years, they're learning a trade, and in the process of learning this trade, uh, that once they've, they've, they've fulfilled their time, uh, living in that household, being a servant to those folks, learning that trade, they can then go out and start their own business. But in the meantime, they're in that home. They have an obligation to the people in that home, to their master. Peter says, servants, submit to your master with all respect, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh and unreasonable. And so in this very same way, God expects you and me to honor our parents if they're good parents or not, because in submitting to their authority, we are really submitting to God's authority in our lives or learning to submit to God's authority in our lives. Friends, your parents are your parents despite their imperfections, and that's the way God sees it. We are to submit to their authority. Well, that raises another issue. You say, well, what if my parents ask me to do something that's clearly wrong? What if my mom and dad ask me to do something that's immoral? What if my mom and dad ask me to do something that's unbiblical? I mean, am I still supposed to do whatever it is that they ask me to do? Well, the answer is no. And the reason being is that our first allegiance is to God and to his word and to how he wants us to live our lives. Our second, obedient, our second allegiance is to our parents, to authority. And so if those subordinate authorities ask us to do something that's not in line with what our primary authority, God, asks us to do, then we always divert to uh, whatever it is that God asked us to do. And then issue number four, you say, well, Gordon, how long, finally, am I obligated to have this kind of relationship to where I obey my parents? I mean, I'm 45 years old. I'm not 45 years old. I'm not 45 years old. But if I'm 45 years old, whatever, and I've got grown children, and I mean, am I supposed to still call my mommy if I want to ask permission to do something? I mean, how, when does this thing stop? Well, the Bible's not very clear about when it is that this stops, but the Bible is clear that there's a time in every person's life when they are to leave father and mother and cleave to their spouse. There's this time of transition where we come out from underneath of the household of our parents, out from underneath of the financial resources of our parents, and begin to live life on our own. So it's my opinion, this is just my opinion, take it or leave it, that when a child is 18 years or older, and is, this is the key, and is no longer financially supported by his or her parents, okay, you're taking care of yourself, your own needs, no longer financially supported, then the biblical obligation to obey our parents, to submit to their authority, stops. Okay? It ceases. Parents, remember, our job as parents is not to have our children listen to us for the rest of their lives. Right? Some of you younger, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's right. That's not, that's not our job. Our job as parents is not to have our children obey us for the rest of our lives. Our job as, as parents is to teach them how to obey God for the rest of their life so that when we are gone, so that when our voice is not there to correct them, instruct them, give them wisdom, give them direction, that, that they continue on making right decisions, that they continue on following the Lord. That's what our job is, is to raise our children to obey the Lord, not to obey us. Now, what happens then when we make this transition, when we move uh, from being under our parents' support and all that to being independent of them? 
when, when we make this transition, what's that look like to honor our parents then? Um, so, well, commandment number five says uh, that we're, you know, we're to honor our parents. And so what that means is, in that scenario, is to treat them with ongoing esteem and reverence and respect. Not just in our minds, but in how we actually treat them, how we actually interact with them. Not just, you know, I, I, what, what we think it means, but in how we think about them, but also how we interact with them. This means, just to give you a couple of practical things, keeping in touch with your parents, even after you're out of the home or, or whatever. It means doing things that make them happy, bringing the grandchildren around them, giving them opportunities to interact with, with the next generation. As adults, we show that we honor our parents by asking for their opinion. You don't have to take your parents' opinion, but I mean, if you've got a major decision coming up, you want to go to your parents and ask them, you know, what, what do you think about this? What's the wisdom for this situation? You don't have to act on it, but it's, it's showing them honor by asking their opinion on particular issues. We honor our parents by taking care of their earthly needs when they come to a point in life when they can't continue to take care of themselves the way they used to. We honor our parents by telling them with our words how much we love and appreciate them while they're still alive. Mickey Mantle, uh, in his memoirs, tells the story of, um, I believe he grew up in Oklahoma. Some of y'all maybe could correct me on this. Grew up in Oklahoma. His dad worked in the mines, and his dad would come home every day after working in the mines, totally a mess, dirty, dusty, all that kind of stuff. And every afternoon, he would go out and throw the ball with Mickey Mantle in the backyard. Every day. And Mickey Mantle goes on to say how his dad was the, his greatest cheerleader. Showed up at all of his games. Kept tell, you know, Mickey Mantle would have a dad, bad day at the, at the plate. And his dad would say, you just go back out there tomorrow. You practice harder. You do better. And he said his dad just was this, uh, this optimistic voice that never ceased in all of his playing years. Well, when Mickey Mantle turned 21 years old, his dad died. I believe his dad was 39. And his dad died. And Mickey Mantle went to his dad's funeral. And he said... At his dad's funeral, you know, all those years of throwing the ball in the backyard, of my dad sitting in the stands at my games, of, of him uh, uh, talking to me through the, uh, through the fence there at the ball game and, and shouting out encouragement to me. He said, I never once told my dad how much I appreciate him. I never said to him how grateful I was for all that he had invested in me, for being the kind of person that he was. Friends, when our parents, as they're aging, it's important that we say to them how much we appreciate them. And in doing so, we show them great honor. Well, let's summarize. To honor our father and mother means to treat them with a lifelong attitude of love and respect and reverence. And when we're little children and teenagers, that means being obedient and submitting to their authority. And when we are grown children, to honor our parents means to show them respect and esteem in the way that we relate to them. Now, all of this leads to question number two for the day, which is, why should I? You say, why should I, Gordon? I mean, why, why, what's, what's my motivation for that? For Well, four quick reasons, okay? Four quick reasons as to why you should do this. Number one is because your parents deserve it. Without your mom and dad, don't miss this, without your mom and dad, you wouldn't be here today. How about them apples, right? Without your mom and dad, when you were a little infant, you would have starved to death. You would have choked on your little army man. You would have drank Clorox. You would have today one whale of a diaper rash, if you know what I'm talking about, all right? 
without your mom and dad, parents, they were the ones who stayed up with you and walked you down the hallway while you were sick at night. They took you to the doctors. They got you your shots. They paid for your tonsils to come out. It was your parents who helped you with your homework. It was your parents who paid for your clothes, who are the reason why your teeth haven't rotted out of your head today. It was your parents who took you to piano lessons and dance lessons and ball practices. They deserve your honor and your respect. They earned it. Amen? All right. But you say, I, 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 that's a little bit of parenting behind all that right there. But you say, hey, Gordon, I had terrible parents. They didn't do any of those things for me. So, I mean, why should I want to honor and respect my parents when they were awful toward me during all my growing up years? Well, I said I had four reasons why you should do this. Reason number two is because God commands you to in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1. Reason number three is because God says that by honoring your parents, this is well-pleasing to him. God draws great pleasure out of us honoring our father and our mother, Colossians chapter 3. And reason number four is because God promises to reward and bless our lives if we do this. Listen to what Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 2 says. I read verse 1 a moment ago. Listen to verse 2. It says, Honor your father and your mother, for this is the first of the commandments with a promise that is attached to it. So none of the other commandments had a promise attached to them, but this one, there's a promise attached. And here it is, verse 3, namely that it will go well with you and that you will live long on the earth. You say, Gordon, I don't understand why, I mean, how is it that I'll live longer on the earth by honoring my father and my mother? Well, for two reasons. One, the instructions that your parents are giving you are keeping you, that's it, I think I said that, right? The instructions that your parents are giving you are keeping you from self-destructive habits in your life by listening to mom and dad they're keeping you away from the wrong crowd they're keeping you in at night when you don't need to be out they're keeping you from doing things that you shouldn't be doing and so they're helping literally to prolong your life and to prosper your life and then secondly there's also this spiritual principle that the bible tells us here the spiritual level in which god bestows supernatural blessings onto everyone who honors their parents I was sitting outside with my daughter yesterday afternoon. We were sitting in the sunshine enjoying the pretty day. And we got to talking about uh, finding a young man to marry someday. And I said to my daughter, I said, hey, look, you want to know one of the greatest, the best litmus tests for finding somebody uh, to marry? She said, sure, Dad, that'd be great. I said, find a young man who is obedient to and submitted to his parents. Because, friends, that is a great barometer on where that person is at in their relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, if they're constantly fighting back and forth with their mom and dad, if they're ugly, if they're nasty, if they show their parents absolute disrespect all the time, that is probably the way you're going to be treated in your relationship with him. Not to mention the fact that it is an indication of the level of God's blessing that that potential spouse will bring into the marriage or lack thereof. Okay, well, that brings us to third, our third question, and we ask this one every week. What difference does all this make to my life? You say, Gordon, my mom and dad have already passed on. I mean, what does any of this have to do with me? I don't, I don't get, I don't, well, where's the connection for me? Well, <clears throat> I want to take a moment in the last segment of the message to talk with those of us who are parents, to talk with those of us who are parents, people who are followers of Jesus Christ and who have children living in our household today. The question that we should be asking as parents is always this. How can I make it easier for my children 
to obey me, to honor me? How can I make it easier for my children to obey me and to honor me? I say, Gordon, I thought you just got done saying that your, your children have to obey you whether you make it easy for them, difficult for them or not, right? I mean, why would why, I don't understand the connection here. Well, you've got to understand what the Bible is saying here because in Ephesians chapter 6, right after Paul gets finished saying, children, obey your parents, he then says in verse 4, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, parents or fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. And then in Colossians chapter 3, right after Paul exhorts children to obey their parents, he says, parents, do not exasperate your children. Friends, the point is, God is deeply concerned that we as parents do those things that make it easier for our children to honor us. As the great preacher C. Campbell uh, Morgan said, honorable parents are easier to honor. Honorable parents are easier to honor. You say, Gordon, well, how do I do that? Well, it's been my experience that children, to make it easier for your children, children who honor their parents and have an honorable attitude toward their parents, there's one key element in all of those families that I've observed just over the years, and that is that the parents in their homes were serious about living authentic Christian lives in their home. Listen, children have a phony meter that can pick up phony from a mile away. And the thing is about parenting is we don't live miles away from our children. We live right alongside them. And they can spot phony in a heartbeat. Friends, as parents, when we come to church and we act all pious and we act all upstanding and we act all holy and righteous, and then we go home and act like the devil himself, speaking abusively and yelling and getting drunk and cursing and talking nasty about other people and watching stuff on TV that we have no business watching and reading stuff in magazines that we have absolutely no business reading. Folks, children are forced to conclude that we are nothing more than cheap religious hypocrites. They're forced to conclude that because they see how we act on Sunday morning and then they see how we act during the week and they go, just another cheap religious hypocrite. And our actions, friends, give them no choice but to conclude that. It is tough, friends, to honor a cheap religious hypocrite. You follow me? As followers of Christ, one of the greatest things that we can do to help our children honor us is for us to be serious about living authentic, godly, biblically obedient Christian lives, not just at church, not just in the workplace, but also, and most importantly, in our home. The truth is, as followers of Christ, that we should be passionate about this. Whether we have children watching us or not, we should want this. We should want to live holy lives, upstanding lives, authentic Christian lives, whether we have kids watching us or not. You say, but Gordon, I mean, when I'm at home, the worst of me comes out, right? I mean, when I'm at home, there's no way that I'm not going to trip up. There's no way that I'm not going to mess up. There's no way in my home that I'm not going to fumble the ball. Sooner or later, I'm going to lose that fight, and you're saying that I'm going to lose the respect of my children. I'm going to lose my children's honor. No, that's not what I'm saying, not necessarily. You know, I've been a parent going on 13 years, and Claire and I have learned something very important, and that is that children do not expect mom and dad to be perfect. They don't. 
Children don't expect you to be perfect. But what children expect is for mom and dad to be honest. And so what that means is, when you mess up, fess up. Own it. They know you're not perfect. They're not looking for you to be perfect. But when you do make that mistake, they're looking to see, is this person going to be stubborn? Is this person going to be proud? Is this person going to be arrogant? Are they just going to hold the line and not apologize, not own that stuff? Are they going to step in and go, hey, I made a mistake. I am so sorry. I mean, they're waiting to see if we're going to be honest. And so when you mess up, tell them that you messed up. Tell them that you blew it. Tell them that you didn't act Christ-like and ask for their forgiveness and seek their forgiveness. Tell them that you're going to try to do better. Try to make amends if possible. And friends, if you treat a mistake like that, you won't lose the respect of your children. You will gain the respect of your children. When you mess up, fess up. And so let's summarize. Whether you're a child here today living with mom and dad, who is being supported by mom and dad, whom God has commanded you to obey your parents, whether you're a parent today, whom God has commanded to live authentically for Christ in front of your children, one last thought here is that for both of you, um, there is no way, no way that we can do this in the energy of our own flesh. We just can't. We need some source outside of ourselves. We need the Holy Spirit working in our lives to help us you cannot be uh, the child of your parents that, we, that God wants you to be or the, or the parent to your children that God wants you to be. We cannot do that in our own strength. We need a supernatural power operating our lives. And friends, that power comes from no place other than Jesus Christ working through the Holy Spirit. Um, we won't be perfect when we operate in the power of the Holy Spirit, but we can be consistent in our lives and we can be authentic in front of our children. Friends, when we give our lives to Jesus Christ, we get a power source that helps us to follow the Lord, and that power source is none other than the Holy Spirit who moves into our lives and enables us to live the way that we want to live. We're not just out there slugging it out on our own, operating the flesh, but we're coming to Him every day. And so this morning, I call on you to yield your heart and your will to the Holy Spirit, and I call on you every single day to petition the Holy Spirit to help you be a better son, a better daughter, to honor and respect your parents and to be the kind of parent that God calls you to be. I call on you today to depend on the Holy Spirit's power to live this way because you can't do it on your own. And friends, that power, the power of the cross, the power of the Holy Spirit operating your life is a power that will allow you to live above your passions. It's a power that will enable you to put in check your normal natural instincts, your sinful flesh, the way you would normally react to situations. But when we're submitted to the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit is operating our lives, friends, there's, a, there's another level of ability to be able to deal with that sinful flesh. <clears throat> but you only get that power when you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And friends, if you're not willing to do that for yourself, you're not willing to do that for yourself do it for your children do it for your children so that you can be the kind of parent that your child needs and that god calls us to be in the bible commandment number five honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land that the lord your god has given you let's pray lord you know perhaps the toughest 
place for us to live is in our homes. We can get along with friends at school. We can get along in the workplace. But Lord, when we come home, it seems like the worst that's inside of us once is constantly battling to make its way out. Our patience is worn thin. Lord, we need you. We need the power of the Holy Spirit operating in our lives if we're ever going to beat this, if we're ever going to be the kind of parent our children need, if we're ever going to be the kind of child that our parents, um, that honors you. And so, Lord, we just ask, uh, in these quiet moments this morning, you, you know we've messed up. Lord, may we own that stuff before you. May we not hide it in front of our family, in front of our children. Lord, if we need to make some amends, if we need to own some stuff on the ride home today in the car, later on this afternoon, may we pull our kids aside and say, you know I'm not perfect. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I'm sorry for the way I acted. I'm sorry for the way I responded. And Lord, we will secure the respect of our children. When we, when we react that way. Lord, speak to us in these quiet moments, we pray in Christ's holy name. Amen.